Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's been a long time since we've done one of these. <laughs> uh, so this, hello everybody. This is uh, Carl and Fadi uh, doing the little podcast, and um, we are at the moment in Strayman headquarters, ITI Crawley. And I imagine the weather's a little different to how it was for you 24 hours ago, because Fadi's <laughs> just flown in. Not specifically for this, unfortunately, but for the exams that we're doing for the CID um, Coliseum, Certificate in Implant Dentistry. Anyway, uh, let's get on to the nitty gritty, mate. Uh, Kenya. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks. Thanks for uh, getting me to talk about the subject. It's, yeah. it's something very close to my heart, and I've been going to this area, this region in Kenya. It's, it's called Loiter Hills, and it's between the Kenyan Tanzanian border, the border almost. It's a, one of the most remote Maasai communities live there. It's about like 15,000 population, yeah. over a 250 square kilometer. Uh, uh, very, very basic kind of um, uh, lifestyle, which is traditional lifestyle, traditional Maasai lifestyle. Yeah. Although they're no longer uh, nomads go, you know, hunter gatherers that they're, they're settled um, because of the borders that have been introduced. Okay. And now they, they, but they still live in a very traditional way, which is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. It's refreshing to see unspoiled land, earth, you yeah. know, people living, depending day by day on the stuff that the land can produce for them. And you probably, everybody would have heard about the droughts and so on, um, which is still going on. Um, um, so yeah, so what, what we do there, I've been going there since 2006 or seven, first time I went. How did you end up uh, sort of finding out about it or doing it? Yeah, it all kind of there's a mate of mine who invited um, a group who lived there basically, somebody who lived there came to our yeah. church and talked about what they need. And yeah. one of the needs was a clinic. So they thought, I mean, that's how we got involved. So I kind of sat down with him over a cup of coffee saying, what is this about a clinic? Why do you need a clinic? So he went through the issues there where people, there's no electricity, there was no clean water supply. And um, if there was ever, if anybody sought medical care, it would have been a crisis management. In other words, if something goes wrong, badly wrong, they try and find some help. And they would have to walk days quite often to find some help. So, for instance, the nearest um, clinic with facilities to help and treat um, would have been at least half a day walk. Okay. Um, the nearest town with a hospital is four hours drive now with a good road. Four hours drive? Drive. Yeah. yeah, that's the nearest town with proper hospital. Um, so it's a, you can see the challenges there. Yeah. So what we kind of try to work with the community, with the chiefs and leaders and so on, is to help them basically get set up with having a sustainable health service, which would go towards prevention and not just crisis management. That was, that was the aim. So yeah, so every now and then we go back and visit them, see how it's going. Yeah. And um, we've had different groups go out. We've had a group with dentists, hygienists, nurses, of, um, ophthalmologists, opticians, and so on going out. 
and um, basically it, it's it, it's an amazing experience to 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 be invited in the community. Uh, the Maasai are very welcoming, very peace-loving actually, and um, they're also very proud, yeah. elegant people, um, and, and it's it's an absolute privilege to go and share with them. So we go there, we, we have tents, nice campsites, where uh, we've got some of the Maasai who actually cook for us, and we work together, We um, discuss strategy and so on, sit down around the fire at night and talk about all sorts of stories. Yeah. And, um, that there's very rich culture. So this time around we were talking about strategies, about what's the next step to yeah. help them along the way of becoming... Uh, where, where are you at the moment with things? I mean it's been, what, 2006 did you say? That's right. So, so 2006, 16. Yeah. Got to do me maths. Yeah, Which I'm not doing a very a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Probably 16 years, 15, six, something like that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm not an accountant. So. <laughs> but in essence, they since that started, there's a there's a charity called Red Tribe Charity. Yes. Uh, and that's there's a UK branch and there's a um, Kenyan branch. The charities have been established, so now that charity has a legal voice there. So if they if they buy equipment, if they buy motorbikes, whatever, for, 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 for the clinic and projects, it's theirs. Yeah. So nobody is, you know, it's, it's owned by the Maasai, for the Maasai. What's happened since then, um, the clinic, mobile clinic was registered, whereby people would go to villages to um, give healthcare promotion and so on. Recently, a, a, a dispensary was registered, in other words, like a clinic for people to come and get medication they need and so on. So we've got the mobile and the dispensary. Uh, the exciting things that have happened over the years is also a school has been developed. So there are uh, about 200 students in this school, primary school, yeah. where the kids in that school that Red Tribe set up, it's called the Maasai Academy, they have performed better than um, the other schools in the region that have come top. So, for instance, the national average for the end of primary school grade is 250. Um, uh, the students from Masai Academy average was 284. Um, some private, very well-known private schools there managed 265, something like that. So they've, they've done really well. Um, the next step is to have some dormitories for girls uh, particularly to start off with. Um, one of the issues there is that um, culturally, if, if a girl hasn't gone to secondary school, very early teenage years, they, they, are, they get married. Okay. Okay. And that means that's, that's the end of education and becoming, um, uh, having any autonomy. Yeah. Right? Um, the only way out of that uh, is to go to secondary school. Uh, by going to secondary school, they can stay studying and not get married and so on, and then hopefully after that, go on to study something at university. Okay. So what we're working now on, which is I think what's going to be most transformative in, in, in the uh, region, in, the, in that community in the long term, is to push for the education. Yeah. So we've set up, uh, during this trip, we discussed having a scholarship through the Red Shrub charity. 
whereby um, the, the, the students who get the top grades are given a scholarship to go on to secondary school. And then the ones from secondary school who want to go and study and have, have managed to qualify, they can go and study subjects that are needed in the community. For instance, nursing, teachers, we need teachers there for the schools to carry on, doctors, engineers, agriculture, um, and so on, I, IT, you know, computer science. So we'll give them scholarships for, for subjects that are needed in the community so they can come back and serve. Yeah. And do they tend to do that? Do they tend to stay and, you know, or are you not seeing that yet? Or is it we, we're cool? nearly there. So we've yeah. got uh, the first, in fact, I, I sat down with um, four of the first batch of Massa Academy students who have yeah. gone through the secondary school and finished. The grades will come out on the 23rd of January, so okay. imminent. Depending on the, gra on the grades, they can go and study whatever they want. So out of the four, um, one of them wants to be a nurse, two of them want to be what we call clinical officers. So it's kind of a, not full medical degree, but it's almost halfway through. So yeah. they, they can manage and they can prescribe and so on. And one of them wants to become a pilot. Wow. And he's, wanting to, he's wanted to become a pilot since he was, uh, goodness knows, um, early primary school. Yeah. Because he would see these planes, these bush planes, landing and going, and he yeah. really wanted to be one. One of the workers that got him to sit in the cockpit. Most kids got scared and wanted to get out. He was in his element. He <laughs> loved it. So, and in fact, this time he flew next. He came with us next to the pilot. Brilliant. And had it had a little look, and again, he absolutely loves it. He's focused on it. Yeah. I met him five years ago, as well when he was going from primary to secondary school. He kept, you know, we gave some talks about things to study. We had, we had a bunch of, the, the, the women who were with us in the group talked about their careers and how they got there to encourage the girls in the school. That's what I was going to ask. Do you find that, you know, is there any resistance to the girls going into education or is that okay? And is there used the, to be. No, you're, you're absolutely right. There used to be. Right, we've got to stop it there, mate. We're yeah. Being, uh, oh, they're waiting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, we'll come back to you. And um, this has got to continue. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>